What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out, what do you got? All right, guys. So all of us, I feel like, love our jobs, but I don't know if we would be doing it until we're 100 years old. And recently, the oldest active park ranger who retired at 100, Betty Reese Soskin, retired from the WW2 Museum. I'm the WW2, my God. The World War II. Sorry, that's how I typed it. Museum in... Yeah, WW2. I thought that was a wrestling league. I know. I almost... I was like, wait, what? In Richmond, California. I was like, dang. I love what I do, but I don't think I would be doing it until I'm 100 years old. Yeah, I don't think I would do this until I'm 100 years old. I I have kind of a cap, no pun intended, on my... uh, On my, like... Granted, this is my own cap. Like, you know, where I would like to work until I'm like... You know, maybe in my early 60s, maybe like 64-ish, um, and then try to enjoy the rest of my life. But, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, people say they get to that age, and then they're like, well, what else am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, there's only so many vacations you can go on or whatever the hell. You know, people get bored. So I kind of get it. But if you worked at a World War II museum and you were 100 years old and you lived through World War II, part of right. the charm would be yeah. that you were there to, I don't mean, you may not have been at Pearl Harbor. You know, you, you may not have been overseas, but you lived life through it. So for those of us that go visit and you're working there, it's kind of like, wow, we get to hear from somebody who lived it. Right. Like in, if she's 100 years old, um, you know, she was 17 when World War II started. So that's kind of charming working till 100. But you got to give that person credit, too. I mean, get up, clean up, put on clothes, schlep to work. Deal with your your coworkers' nonsense, like when they try and get you into a fantasy baseball league for six hours on a Saturday afternoon for three hundred dollars. You know, like you got to deal with that kind of stuff. It's putting up with a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, I I would agree. But I, look, so I remember like a long time ago, right? I had this conversation. Um, I was covering college football at the time, right? And I was I was uh, covering a Bobby Bowden game. I was I went to go interview Bobby Bowden before a season started, one of his last seasons, right? And Bobby Bowden lived until he was 91 years old. And he coached, I want to say, until he was like 79. I'm almost positive it was that. It was like 78 or 79. So it was like in his late 70s. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see him. And I said, you know, how much longer? And he's like, well, he, he said kind of that thing of like, you know, I want to keep doing it because, well, he wanted the record at the time. There was that. And then those got vacated because of the situation at Florida State, too. But, uh, but nonetheless, that hadn't happened yet. And he wanted the record. But the other thing was, like, you know, I want to have a purpose in life because, you know, what's the alternative? If I don't have something to do, you know, that usually means you don't last very long after that. Yeah, really. And, and he said it with a laugh. And he was kind of right. You know, like, I mean, now he was around for 10, 10 or 11 more years, 12 more years after he you know, uh, retired from coaching. But, yeah, like you lose a sense of purpose. I get it, regardless of what it is you do for a living. Well, you say you want to retire at 64 years old, and that's really In that ambitious. Range, yeah, like another 20 years. But, you know, I'll tell you, and I, I know it's I've not, told And this... by the way, it's not up to me. ESPN can fire me tomorrow, and it won't, right. you know, who knows? You but know? you might find your way of working other ways. It doesn't mean that you have to work for ESPN. But I've told you this story before. You know, I was very, very lucky to become close friends with Dick Emberg in the last probably five, six, seven years of his life. Yeah. And he died at 81 years old. And, you know, he had gotten done with CBS where he had done NFL football games and he had done the NCAA basketball tournament. And in his kind of semi-retired life, he became the the play-by-play voice. 
Right, yeah. he became the play-by-play voice of the San Diego Padres, who were god-awful at the time. I mean, they were yeah. terrible. Yeah. But I remember thinking, like, Dick's 81 years old, and he's still working. He got a lot of projects going on. And then all of yeah. a sudden, like, out of nowhere, George, just goodbye. So, you know, you say it's like 64. I'm hoping to, you know, enjoy the last 15, 20 years, whatever it is. But, man, I'm telling you, having a job, and it doesn't have to be a job. It could be a hobby. It could be um, a volunteer work. Having something that motivates you every day, I think, keeps you alive. I think. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm with you. So uh, I, I get it. So, it, look, cool for that lady, for sure. All right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So we've started this community on Twitter. On Twitter, they've started communities where, like, basically, you know, fans of uh, a certain show or podcast or whatever can get together and kind of have their own little chat session basically like people can post stuff and then they can come back and scroll through it and see what other people have been posting about uh themselves like uh this guy uh, b says he's only here because he's a big laura fan good there you go we'll take it um so people have been requesting to be in the community that's how you have to request so you go on your phone on the bottom next to your mentions there's going to be a little thing with like two little people it looks like two little people like two little bodies and that's your community section you click on that click on the uh hourglass thing and type in in the search and type in sedano and camp uh sedano and cap uh k-a-p uh, use an ampersand uh but sedano may even come up with it or cap either one so it'll come up and then you can click to join and then it will you'll have to run through the uh the committee is basically that's the right. way i would describe it there is you got to get in. it it's it's an exclusive situation but yet inclusive because once you're part of the exclusive community then we can all be inclusive the more people there are the more inclusive we can be but we've had two requests here now one of them is from greg bergman the assistant program director of this very station and the executive producer on mason and ireland do we want Greg Bergman as part of our community is my question. Let me ask a question before I give an answer. If Bergman is not in the community, he can still follow our tweets outside of the community, correct? Correct, but he can't see the stuff that's in the community. Okay, all right, all right. Um, my vote for right now, until I learn more about this new feature, my vote, for whatever it's worth, is to exclude Bergman from the community. Okay. Um, what do you think, Linz? Um, I'm going to, I mean, I, I don't care if Bergman's in or out, to be honest. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm neutral on that. You're I'm abstaining? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You're recusing yourself from the vote, is what yep. you're saying. Uh, yep. uh, Lauda, are you recusing yourself as well? Nah, man, let him in. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, let him in. Now, wow. Christopher is Texas says he does not want him in the community. So. I mean, See, that's my thing, boss. I got to say, let him in. So, you know. Yeah. See, yeah, the right, thing right. is, is this, is that if you let him in, it's going to be hard to ever kick him out. Whereas if you don't let him in at the beginning and you make him earn it, then we know that he really wanted to be part of this community. Right. So it's hard to get somebody out of the community. Actually, George, I don't know. Do you have like some sort of moderation controls? Oh, no, there's moderation. People, people can be kicked out of the community. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is it an easy process? Yeah, you just kick them out. Okay. Because you, you go to their thing and you kick them out of the community. All right. See, that's why that's what I was not sure about, yeah. which is why I suggested from the beginning, let's make them earn it. Yeah, because Steve Mason has also texted me and says, I want to be in the circle of trust, the Sedano and Cap circle of trust, which is what we've named the community. Will you accept my application if I can figure out how uh, to do it? So if we're not letting in Bergman in, are we letting in uh, Mason? Because we've let Jorge Briones in. 
Oh, that I didn't know. That, yeah, that's Brionis is in. But Brionis is cool. Mm-hmm. Oh! Oh, that was on air? My bad. That, yeah, that was, was on air. Was that a mm as in he's not cool, or was that an mm as in, yeah, he's cool? I mean, wait, I've wait. known him for 13 years, man. Like, 13, 14 years. Mason okay. only texted Laura about about accepting the invitation. No, he texted me. No. Oh, you. Okay. Oh, he okay. You too, he only Laura? texted. No, no, no. no, no. I, no. I was confused as to who he sent it to. I was going to say, he only sent one person. He usually sends a group text. He did. He only sent it, sent it to me there. On this Maybe group. he feels like he's got a certain close relationship with Laura now that she was at the Buffalo no, Wild no, Wings Sedano. in Burbank. It was Sedano. It I was know, me. but as it turns it out, me. it was Sedano. But, you know, it's funny because, you, know, you, know, you know, there used to be an alliance with me and Mason, and then he became a cap guy. So there's that. <laughs> he traded you. He did. Yo, eleven eleven texts me. He's like, "Can I be in?" No. Why not? Why can't I mean, y'all don't even know? Y'all don't even know what he looks like, and I don't want nobody to know what he looks well, like. Well, his if his as long as his handle is at eleven eleven. <laughs> no, because then there's gonna be fake eleven eleven. <laughs> Someone actually in the community just tweeted, "Is this where Laura's registry is?" <laughs> no. <laughs> and the, what was that what was a good it? one. <laughs> Wish That's very funny. I should put it in there, but no, it's not. That is very uh, funny. And then uh, Derek Bow tweets us here in the community. Uh, again, this is only in the community. But uh, do we get exclusive access to Scott Kaplan singing? H- hashtag Circle of Trust. Now, now that is probably a pretty good idea if I do some of my best singing performances yeah. within the community of people who are asking for that kind of content versus having people lower their radio when I start jamming out and I don't know half the words. It's so, not a bad call. Not I a mean, bad idea. anyway, if you want to be part of the community, go on your phone right next to the mentions. There's going to be a little uh, thing, a little uh, thing with two people on it, and it's that's the community section. You click on that, uh, type in in the search Sedano and Cap in the communities section, and then uh, it's the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust. But if you put in Sedano and Cap, it should work. And then you click to join, and then we will, uh, you know, we will uh, we will let you in. And but but we can kick you out. You act like a pain in the butt. You know, we'll kick you out. Now, we, now, people think we should let it up to, to the community to let Bergman in. Um, that's Do you not... think I, could, I should put a poll in mm. the community? He doesn't want to be. I don't think he wants to be a part. Did you just read he, the text he sent us? No, I didn't see a text. He said, I just thought it was a good idea. He didn't. I feel like he's implying that he didn't ask. Oh, that he just so he sent mm-hmm. the request mm-hmm. just to send just to send the request. Mm-hmm. Or he wanted to be part of the community. I think that's what he's trying to say. I don't know. I mean, Greg says he's jealous. He's not that he's not part of the community anymore. So <laughs> Bergman is jealous that he's not no, part I'm saying, of the community. Chris says that Bergman is jealous. That's oh, what okay, got it. Yeah. Well, so, there will yeah. be there will be internal jealousy. You know, if if people who work at at seven ten want in on the community and we don't we exclude them, that's. I mean, just be prepared. There's going to be a lot of anger. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm used to that around here. <laughs> Laura, you just love the instigation, don't you? No, because Greg just said, I do want to be in. You guys are really not reading messages. <laughs> yeah. I do want to be in, is what he said. Yes, I'm reading it. Yes, Kid wants in, man. I mean, we can make a decision later. That's fine. Uh, Laura, do we have the Magic Johnson sound? Of yes. W- what he said? So he apparently feels, so you, Kaplan, think he's only blaming LeBron, while he also said he feels sorry for LeBron. Let me hear why he, I didn't hear this. So I, I don't know why he feels sorry for LeBron. Go ahead, play it. Well, I, I feel sorry for LeBron to put up this type of uh, season, these type of numbers, and then we, we're probably not going to be even, even in the play-in game. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a wasted season for him, and we can't waste seasons, Greeny, with LeBron James. You know, he, how many great seasons does he have left? 
And so we got to put a team around them that can compete for a championship. So uh, I'm hoping that this teaches all of them a lesson. We know somebody's got to be the blame for this. Somebody's got to be the fall guy. And that's probably going to end up being Frank Vogel. Um, but the players got to also say, hey, we didn't play. LeBron, you played great, but the other guys didn't play as well as we thought they would. Well, I, I feel sorry for them. Yeah. So, I mean, look, there's a lot to tackle there. So let's kind of unravel some of that, whether it's the fall guy part of it, uh, whether it's the other guys didn't play well, because there's reasons for all of that. Okay? How about let, also let, we versus they? You notice how, how, how Magic calls the Lakers we, 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 but then when things aren't going right, it's they, they, they. Did you happen to catch that? Well, no, but he said we and they throughout the entire interview. Mm. Mm. I mean, did, you just said five minutes ago that he was saying we. Yeah, no, the we part I heard. The they part, that's new to me. Okay. Well, he's probably trying to toe the line because he's not part of the Lakers management right now, and he just kind of he's used to saying we because he's always said we about the Lakers. I don't. I weird that he's not that. part of the Laker management. He's the one getting the calls from the the agents of the players. Weird. Well, again, he did kind of reestablish communications with Jeannie Buss not uh, last season, right? Like that seemed to be a thing, and and so I think he's still part of like the circle of trust without making decisions, which is kind of probably what he wanted. All right, but let's unravel some of this, particularly the fall guy part and where the blame goes Okay, uh, as he feels sorry for LeBron. So let's tackle some of that. We'll do that next. We're back in four minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Oh, what a great song. Stand and stop for nothing's gonna, gonna stop, stop us, us now. now yeah the movie mannequin try to remember that movie we'll i feel like i know it but i who's in mannequin anybody know kim cattrall nothing's gonna stop kim cattrall's in mannequin she's the mannequin anybody else that's a star in that movie uh i want to say andrew mccarthy was uh was a pretty big star back in the 80s um he was in a bunch of movies uh, James Spader was in that movie. Oh. Uh, Estelle Getty from Golden Girls was in that movie. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So I do remember that. And yeah, then, this song um, is pure like late 80s cheese, though, right now. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, back great. in the day, it was cool, I think. 1987. I, think. I was like 10 years old. That was like a great movie as a 10-year-old. Mannequin. Yeah. Yeah, this was a good song back in 1987. In 2022, it's the kind of thing where if I was driving down the road, I'd find something else. This song? Yeah. No way. Crank this song up, Laura. Or don't. Or, yeah. You can't crank it up? You just can't play it again? I have That's to it. find it. It was you in the region. Find it? Oh, because yeah. Chris played yeah. in his region. Uh, That's mm-hmm, what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I didn't realize that Live with Regis and Kathy Lee debuted in 1983. I thought that was like a late 90s thing. I had no idea that they started that thing in 83. Yeah. It was a great show. I miss Regis. He was a classic. Yeah. Classic human being. Yeah. Remember when Regis tried to work at Fox Sports? That didn't work out too well. Yeah, that, that did happen, didn't that? Yeah. 
for like a really short period of time, right? Yeah, that was in the very early stages of their cable channel. Yeah. When they did, and I'm sure he's a really nice man. Right. We're going to talk about Notre Dame. Yeah. Guys, I don't think that, or I think Regis is not around anymore. No, he's not. He's gone. No. Well, he think he's recently gone. Recently left. Him. Is he really? No, I, I don't know. I think it's been yeah, a few 2020. years, Yeah, 2020. 2020, yeah. Oh, really? yeah. Oh, nice no. guy, though. I met him at a um, Golden Mike oh, Award. Oh, unbelievably nice man, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really nice. So, I, are you are you objecting to us referring to him um, in the present tense? Then was that what you were? Uh, re- well, you like, said he's a nice man. I was just saying I don't. I, you know, that's what I was just oh, saying, okay. like to correct yeah, you still, in case you didn't uh, know he was. He was a nice man. Anymore. Yeah, he's okay, no he longer a nice, nice man. man. I mean, he was nice. Okay, whatever, you guys. <laughs> he's a man. Back then he was tight. <laughs> great guy, great guy. So anyway, let's unpack um, what Magic. Another nice man. Uh, I love Magic. Uh, by the way, do you know how Magic? I'm going to tell you a quick story about how Magic disarms you, okay? So the first year of LeBron, when Magic was still running the show, I was very critical of the team they built around LeBron. And I was very outspoken about it, okay? This is when I was doing the morning show with Key and LZ. And, and Key would always tell me, watch, Magic is going to run into you, but he's not going to do what you think he's going to do. He's not going to confront you about it in the way you think he's going to confront you. He's going he's to do Magic stuff. And you're going to be like, oh, it's magic. You're so great. You know, and that's exactly what happened. He magicked me. Okay. So, and I use that, yes, as a verb. Um, <laughs> so I was at Summer League uh, at, uh, after all the transactions had mostly happened already. And I'm doing, I think the Lakers were playing in the championship game and I was doing the sideline for it at Summer League. And I'm walking past him, past the scores table, and it was past him. And I walk by him, and he goes, what? You're not going to come and say hello? And I went, and I turned around, and he, I came over to say hello, and he gives me this magic hug. And I'm just like, oh, what's up? And I'm like, he's, he's like, you know, he said a bunch of stuff. Oh, it's good to see you, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he's like so what do you think? And I'm like, eh. I just gave him the, mm. And he's like, we'll see, we'll see. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think. But that's kind of how he did. I had to keep going because I had to work. But he does that. You know, magic you know is something? that kind of person. I'm watching this series, Winning Time. You're watching as well, right? Yes. So even though it's not magic playing magic, the guy who's the actor who's playing magic... Does a phenomenal job. He's got me loving magic like I can't believe. Oh, well, magic is very lovable if you've ever met him, for sure. Right, but, but, well, you know Well, you did meet him. He got you you into a party once. That's right. Me and magic and my magic hug. So it's it's different than your magic hug. Not disarming, just loving. That's all. Yes. Yes, but he he, this, he figured he knew someone who looked like you, right? So he, right, he's like, who is this guy? I don't know, but he seems like he's coming in for a hug. So give him one. Why not? Yeah. yeah. So the character who's playing Magic on Winning yes. Time has yes. me loving Magic, and it's not just the actor; it's the way he's being portrayed. Yes. Whereas the way Kareem is being portrayed, well, but that's very Kareem. Okay, well, listen, I gotta say, I I realize that the show is not all one hundred percent based in truth. No, but that part is fairly accurate. That is amazing. The that that Kareem was such a selfish, self-centered kind of player, sitting well, on the no, bench no, no. while everybody I, else I, was I, running. I, I, I think he was. I don't know about selfish per se. I think he was selfish then at that time when when by the time Magic got around. Well, because, that's what I'm saying. I mean, just based on the portrayal in the show, you know? Uh, right, but I don't think that was his entire like car- like career. He wasn't like that. I think that just that small slither of his career he was very surly for sure but this is why kareem or if chick hearn were still here chick um certainly jerry west 
if Jerry Buss were here, he might have a complaint. You understand why people don't like their portrayal? Because yeah. they're exaggerated characters. And so now here's me going, yeah. you know, I've always really loved Kareem until last night. Now yeah. I don't like Kareem anymore. Yeah, but Kareem bought in at the end. Spoiler alert. That is true. There, There is that part of last night's episode where Magic is so likable. He's got such a big smile. And he finally puts it to Kareem, which also I kind of find it sort of no, hard No, at the end. Oh, I mean, do I really have? Okay. Turn the volume down for 10 seconds if you don't want to know the end of the uh, the end of winning time this week. Ready? Three, two, one. So, dude, he puts his hand in at the end oh, when that they was go great. to play the next that, game. That was awesome. That yes. was really good. And he was like, and he was, come on, guys. And then he kind of takes the leadership role that Matthew right. told him he needed to have. Right. And then they smile at each other. They actually, Kareem actually gave him a little smirk. Yeah. You know, speaking of last night's episode of Winning Time. Yeah, by uh, the way, I you can bring your volume back up if you haven't brought your volume back up. That was 10 seconds. I didn't know the story of Jack McKinney getting into a bike accident. You may have known that. I did not. Yeah, I did. And this afternoon, I had to get on my bike to run down to the grocery store. And my and inclination you were terrified. was, yeah. well, no, it's just my inclination was, you don't need a helmet. You're just driving down to the grocery store on your bike. And then I realized what happened to Jack McKinney last night on winning time. I'm like, put your helmet on. So I did. Yeah. Put my helmet on to, to ride my bike a mile. Yeah. I know somebody who got into a scooter accident very similar to that. It was pretty gnarly on the show last night. Winning time's yeah. great. If, if these it, it were is not an unbelievable people, show. It is yeah. so good. It but is I get, so good. But, now, but we do get why nobody in the, that was part of that wants to talk about it, right? Like of you course. get why even Pat Riley and Jerry West and them, they don't want to talk about it. The Pat Riley character last night when he's in the bathroom and he's starting to mess with his hair and he's starting to think about moving yeah. his hairs. Oh, yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's great. I can't yeah. wait to see the Pat Riley metamorphosis. I mean, I know the story. That story is fairly accurate. I mean, I'm sure there's some exaggeration to it. But I know it because the man has told me about it. But when I see this episode last night, I have no idea that at some point in Kareem's career, yeah. he is being portrayed as selfish and self-centered, not Surely. a team guy, doesn't really care about the team because he's already won MVPs, he's already won championships. He doesn't really care. He's got a bigger purpose in life. You know, and that's what he says to Magic is, hey, man, you want to be taken seriously. It's not just about the big smile and the way you play ball. It's it's about the things you do off the floor. Right. You know, and I didn't know that. About Which was Kareem. something that was very much. Yeah. Part of Kareem for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Magic, going back to Magic, Magic, yeah, on you were about Get to Up unpack. Today. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying that uh, that that Frank Vogels be the fall guy. Not a surprise because we've talked about this before. But I still think, man, Lakers Twitter hates him. Like, it's crazy. And honestly, I got into it. So I went into a Lakers Twitter spaces after the loss on uh, in AD's first game on Friday, okay, mm-hmm. to the Pelicans. What a joke, by the way. And I went in there, and it was the Lakers uh, silver screen and roll, so Lakers SB Nation blog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my guy, Anthony Irwin, I love you, kid. I love Anthony and, Irwin. But, but I text him, okay, mm-hmm. because I was like, are you guys literally on this Twitter spaces bemoaning the fact that Frank Vogel is not playing Austin Reeves? Like, this is the answer? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? But it has this been team- a little weird in the last two games that a guy who's been, you know, kind of a heart and soul effort kind of guy all year long just all of a sudden doesn't play coach's decision. Because he's a games. kid and they don't trust him. And by the way, against the Pelicans, do you want to know what Austin Reeves' numbers were in the two previous games? Go ahead. 
a minus 36 when he was on the floor against the Pelicans. Okay. All right. So so that's just all just metrics like, hey, look, here's the numbers. Here's what they say. So don't Dude, play him in you, you didn't do it. You didn't help us in that game or in those games. Yes. And, and by the way, not skewed by just the one blowout. Both games, double-digit negatives while he was on the floor. But you say they don't trust him. I mean, the kid has been all season long for an undrafted player to find himself starting next to LeBron James. Cap, 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 that's literally arguing about the the foundation of the house is screwed up, and you're arguing about what furniture you're putting in. That's right, because furniture is comfortable. But that's, that's silly when you think about it, is my Perhaps, point. Like, but- I was literally on this Twitter spaces. I wanted, it was 11 o'clock at night, and I'm listening to this. And it's funny because other people who are in NBA, like, reporters, I guess, because when, when someone you follow is on, in a Twitter spaces, you can see that they're there. So what ends up happening is other people start joining that way because even though you may not follow the people who originally put out the Twitter spaces, if people you follow are in the Twitter spaces, you will then see it on your timeline. So all of a sudden, a couple, a handful, let's call it, of NBA reporters from around different um, media entities came into this Twitter spaces while I'm sitting there listening. And they're like arguing about Wenyon Gabriel not playing and Austin Reeves. And I'm like, yo, this is insane that this is the argument that you guys are trying to make and that Frank Vogel stinks because he's not playing Austin Reeves and Wenyan Gabriel. Like, stop. Like, no, what are we think, talking about here? I don't, I don't think that's why Frank Vogel stinks, and I'm not even sure Frank Vogel does stink. No, he doesn't but, stink. But here's the thing. In Magic said They're arguing is, about Avery Bradley playing. Meanwhile, Avery Bradley has actually played really well the last two games since AD has been back. Well, let me just go back to what Magic said, though, about Frank Vogel. He said this. He said, somebody's going to have to be the fall guy. And it's likely going to be Frank Vogel. Yes, it is. It is so, going to be Vogel. So it's really, to me, Magic could, if he wanted to, he could just bite his tongue, show up, put on a big smile, be handsome, be charming, and promote his new show that's coming out on Apple. I mean, he could do that. But instead, Magic is showing up at ESPN today with strong opinions. He's showing up saying, hey, LeBron, it could have been DeRozan, but it wasn't DeRozan, and it became Russ because that's the way LeBron wanted it. And then he says, somebody's going to be the fall guy here, and it's going to be Frank Vogel. And even though I agree with Magic, it's a little surprising to hear him say it out loud like that. No, because it's what we all know. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back in 40 minutes, not 40 minutes, excuse me, four minutes. <laughs> and then here's the deal. When we come back at 35 past the hour after you know, for Radio Tinder, after Radio Tinder's done, you know, after we do like three or four questions, we are literally going to go all the way commercial free until 6.09 or 6.10 p.m., okay? So make sure you stick around. We are going to go a super set of 40 minutes worth of content after we come back from this break. We're back in four minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I like the way that he says that, too. He yeah. should say that more often. The way he tequila fades it out mandala. at the end. Mandala. Yeah, it's a great tequila. If you haven't had it, trust me when I tell you, I was absolutely floored. I have never had a better tequila in my life than the four 
different versions I've had of theirs. Blanco, Reposado, Añejo, or Extra Añejo. The Extra Añejo, I just absolutely insane. Like, insane. Insane how good I'm going to have to try some of this mandala with a little sangrita. <laughs> Not the whole okay. sangrita thing. No, no yeah. Well, we'll get well, into that later. You know, we'll Laura and, and Beto, they were like, what's the sangrita? And I'm like, I'm more Mexican than both of y'all. Oh, hell. I think it's like a it's a made up anglicized version of a of a Mexican drink. Cap. I think that's that is going to come out for you. Yeah. Just saying. All right. So a team yeah. of researchers led by NASA are trying to make first contact with intelligent alien life. Their plan is to broadcast messages using a high tech telescope located in either China or California in the coming months. Do you guys think that it's a good idea for NASA to try and make first contact with aliens? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe left and say no. Not a good Why? idea. Why not? Well, how do they know for sure that the aliens are out there? I mean, do you honestly think in the universe that we're the only living beings? Not necessarily. But the question is, should they try to make contact? And I'm not so sure that we all know what forms of life there are in on other planets. So well, my, that's why my, they're trying to find out, right? But that's why my answer is no. My answer is you don't know for sure, so why waste your time? Hmm. Well, the Washington Post has a story that says contacting aliens could end all life on Earth. Let's stop trying. See, there's another reason why you shouldn't do it. And the New York Times has one that says, no, but really, should we contact aliens, question mark? Right, see? To reach is... out or not to reach out, that's the extraterrestrial question. <laughs> so I'm what out do you on think, this. Sedano? Yeah. Uh, three leading scientists debate on whether we should. You know what? If I, I will, uh, I'm going to trust the science guy. Um, so I will, uh, I will have to do a little more research on this. But I, I, you know, the I'm initially like, let's give it a shot. But, you know, if we're all gonna, if they, if we contact them and then they know we're here. You know, and then they just like, ooh, yeah, let's take those guys. You know, let's take them out. Let's take yeah. Earth for ourselves. I don't know then why I we feel assume, like, though. oh, we're in trouble. You yeah, know? But, why, but why do we assume that if we contact aliens and they want a piece of us, that we can't take them? No, we can't take them, bro. Maybe I we mean, can take them. Unless they're like the aliens from like Space Jam or something, you know, where they're like little and stuff, you know. All just... I know is that I once saw an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon where the guy tried to, he contacted aliens through his keyboard, like his music keyboard, and it was not good. So I'm going <laughs> to swipe good. left. What happened? No. They, they, came, they came to his house, and they, and they followed him around. It was very scary. Very scary episode. Anyway. Well, you know what? Here. I'm going to say yes, because now that I think about it, okay, if, if it's another civilization out there, okay, we're capable of receiving some sort of signal that we were capable of sending and do anything about it and like come and destroy us. They probably already know we exist. So yeah, what the hell? Let's go. Okay. You say so. I know Michael Thompson would have a lot to say about this because he doesn't believe in aliens, but see, that seems strange to me. I thought he'd be number one on the alien list. Well, he, he thinks that they're somewhere far, far away, but he doesn't think anyone's ever seen them. He doesn't think they've ever been to earth. He just thinks they're so far away that we'll never be able to communicate with them. This is the same man that thinks the Will Smith slap was all made up. Yep. He does. Yep. Yeah. That's true. Man of strong conviction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right.
Go ahead. Right. What's next, please? So there's a club that's all the rage in L.A., and it's not a country club or a nightclub. It's actually a private dog park. So it's called Dog PPL, like dog people, and they charge <laughs> dog owners $80 a month. The people behind it say that they provide a clean environment and protection for dogs. It's also a social club for dog owners that includes a cafe, a bar, and a lounge. People interested in becoming a member have to apply, explaining who they are and why they want to be a part of the community, and you can apply at dogppl.co. Uh, would you guys ever consider joining this exclusive dog club? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, people love their dogs, man. Um, would I want to be part of an exclusive dog club? Is that the question? That is the question. No, I don't I don't care to be in a part of some exclusive dog club. I I mean, it's kind of the way I, I, I don't love clubs like country clubs and that stuff either because it's like I'm not saying I'm 100% against it because, like, sometimes, like, you know, if, like, you want to play golf, like, you got to go to somebody's country club sometimes. There are public courses, but if someone invites you, then you go and you're participating uh, and, in theory, supporting a country club. But for a dog, like, I don't know, like, when I had a dog, um, we just hung out with other people's dogs who we liked. You know what I'm saying? Like, or if we went to a dog park regularly when we had a dog, if my dog liked another dog, we became friendly with that. Generally, it was very easy to become friendly with the owner of the other dog. Um, and that happened a number of times, too. So I think it just I'm more of the organic dog meetup. <laughs> Cap, what about you? So my first inclination is to say I would never spend $80 a month to be part of a dog club. But then on the other hand, you know, anybody who's willing to spend $80 on being in the dog club means they probably groom their dog nicely. Remember I told you about taking my Frenchie and getting uh, fleas because somebody's dirty dog? Then uh -huh, I, I don't know uh -huh. they're dirty dogs. At least these people in the dog club, maybe they got clean dogs. And, by the way, George, you're mentioning you know country clubs. If you're in business and you're thinking to yourself, where's a fertile environment for me to find new business? Maybe it's spending money on a country club because maybe that turns into business. Maybe I spend $80 a month. I meet other people who have interest in their dogs they go hey these are successful people they're spending 80 bucks a month maybe it turns into some business relationships or romantic relationships i'm willing to give it a try i'm willing to spend 80 dollars, go for a month and see what happens no oh, for the love of god I feel chewy. Like apparently chewy a, wants yeah, to be in because i heard him yeah. yeah he's playing with his uh toy donut and he sounds like he wants to be in the dog club i feel like it would be a good place to like maybe find a date right if you're a big dog oh there lover. you go i didn't yeah. think about that yeah yeah so I don't know. I would. I, I need to like check this out. Maybe something I need to look into could be fun. There you go. All right. My last one here is not a radio Tinder question. It's a big deal or no deal question. Okay. So sp specifically, want to get your opinion on this since you're very vocal about Elon Musk, Sedano. So oh, yeah. he he took a 9.2 percent stake in Twitter to become the platform's biggest shareholder a week after hinting that he might shake up the social media industry. Twitter shares surged as much as 27% after Musk's purchase was revealed today. So is Elon Musk becoming a stakeholder in Twitter a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Uh, it is a big deal because he's going to try to muscle his way into creating um, a different version of Twitter that's this utopic idea but let's face it, that's also dangerous, what he's also trying to get. And, yes, in theory, I, I'm I, – see, I'm okay. I don't care. Like, you know, because I think you could – as long as – here's the thing. As long as you can still curate your Twitter 
to, you know, take the time to remove uh, the stuff that you think is complete, utter garbage or nonsense, then sure. But I don't think everyone, especially in the era of misinformation, I feel like not everyone is uh, understands what is good information, what's bad information. I'm not saying that the people listening to this show don't understand it. I'm just saying that when you think about the world in general, there's a lot of people out there, and clearly there's been a lot of people that get easily duped, right? Like we have ridiculous stories every day about that stuff. So I am a, while I'm a big free speech advocate, I do think that Twitter is a private uh, entity in the sense of, yes, it's a public community, a town square, but it has their terms of service, no different than any other quote-unquote club that you are trying to be a part of. I didn't realize that Twitter had gone up $10.66 today. Yeah, 27% is what you said. That is a huge jump. And in the after-hours trading, it's up even more. Um, I wonder if this is Elon Musk trying to, as you say, George, muscle his way in to controlling Twitter after he threatened to start his own social media platform, or if this is typical of Elon Musk with it's just stock market manipulation, price manipulation, and maybe he's bought in now, the stock price surges, and then he decides to sell and get out. So I'm not really, really sure what his motivation is here. But the original question was what, Lindsay? Is it a big deal that he's in on it? Yeah. For right now yeah. it is. Yeah, for right now it's a big deal. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, we did our math wrong. So here's what we're going to do. Radio Tinder's over. We are going to break for 2 minutes and 15 seconds. And when we come back, we're going to go all the way till 610, okay? So we're basically going to go for, let me see, 23 straight minutes after that. Nice. So stick around. We're back in 2 minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Party, party all, the, all time, the time, party all the time, party all the time. My, My girl wants to party all the time, party all the time. She parties all the time. George, just so you know, I am literally holding my headphone to my left ear right now, Eddie Murphy style. Mm -hmm. I only wish Eddie Murphy was on the stage last week when Will Smith walked up and smacked Chris Rock. Because if he had done that to Eddie Murphy, oh, we got trouble now. You think so? Oh, he, he would never dare do that to Eddie Murphy. Never. Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy... Eddie Murphy ain't going to stand there and take that. Well, Eddie Murphy also is the person in a stand-up who once said that, you know, if you put him in a real fight, you know, he, he can't win. But if you put him in a movie, of course, he'll kick your ass. So, right. And he did say that. I don't that. know if that, that's actually the case. Yeah. Well, I just feel like uh, Will would have too much respect for Ed. What's up, Ed? Eddie Murphy. I know you, Eddie. Don't no way. It. No chance. No chance Will Smith does that to Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, love Eddie Murphy. Uh, I can't wait to see what his next project is. I didn't, um, I didn't think Coming to America was all that good, but I won't hold that against him. It was a PG-13 style movie and not an R, and that was already the mistake. But nonetheless. I didn't have any problem with it, Ed. Yeah, not great. Uh, so real quick, we, so we're going to go straight to, uh, we got like 20 minutes here. We're going to nice. talk, okay? Nice. Uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna get ready to toss it to the national championship game between Kansas and North Carolina. So let, let's finish this Lakers conversation. 
Let's do it. So you were saying Frank, you were surprised that Magic said that Frank Vogel was the scapegoat. I mean, why, I don't understand why you're surprised. Like, everyone no, kind of sees no, that. No, we do. We do. Everybody understands it. And listen, George, we can all think Frank Vogel's a really great guy, and he is. We and I think all, he's a good coach. And we yeah. can all think that he's a good coach, which he is, okay? But the likelihood of him being able to recover the locker room, whatever's left of this year's team on next year's club, the likelihood is very, very low. So we all get that. But to hear Magic Johnson say that somebody's got to be the scapegoat and it's likely going to be Frank Vogel, you might as well just, when the season ends on Sunday, we should have the press conference already scheduled here on Monday because it's that much of a foregone conclusion when Magic goes on ESPN and says that. Yeah, I I hope for Frank's sake that when it does happen, he, he, he should take a year off. I would. I would take a year off because I don't think there's going to be that many jobs open anyway. And it's not like he needs it. So I would take a year off and just wait to see what opens because eventually there's going to be another season, you know, probably not this coming season, but the following, where there's going to be a bunch of openings. And that's just kind of how this stuff works. So I I just don't see a lot of openings this particular season. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't see a lot of them. Well, maybe Frank should get into TV. That's where the money's at, especially when you're coming off the bench or in this case coming off the sideline. I, I think Frank would be good on TV. Yeah. I... I think he'd be good. So if he wants to – now, what I would say to people who want to do TV, and I think Romo kind of did this. Romo also did the thing where he was predicting plays and people loved it at first. Um, but just be honest, right? Don't. Don't worry about getting another job. If you if you're if you're if you want to, I understand you're going to want another job because every coach that gets let go wants another coaching job, but that stuff will take care of itself. But just be as honest as you can, and it'll be refreshing. Even like twenty five percent honesty is way more than anything we'll get from most coaches in that situation on TV. Well, I guess that was my point about magic. We're not getting twenty five percent. We're getting a hundred percent of real uh, opinion. You know, and Magic's opinion today was, hey, look, um, the Lakers could have had DeMar DeRozan. That deal was going to be done until LeBron started flirting with Russell Westbrook. Once that started to happen, that was the end of DeRozan. And then Magic goes on to say that somebody's somebody's taking the fall and it's going to be Frank Vogel. These are are opinions, but he's coming out strong with 100% opinion. He's not holding back at 25%. He's giving you the full 100%. At least that's the way I took it. That's the way I took it today. I also took it as Magic Johnson still doesn't understand the salary cap. George, that may be the case. He may not understand the salary cap. But it doesn't matter. The point is, he shows up on ESPN on every big show. Keyshawn's radio show, Greeny's TV show, Stephen A's TV show. And what does he say? I feel sorry for LeBron because his season was wasted. But I blame LeBron for the roster that was put together. I mean, whether or not he understands the salary cap is immaterial, at least from where I sit. Well, but does he blame him for the roster or do you blame him for Westbrook? Because that, that now you're really extrapolating stuff that he didn't say. I'll say it like this. He's blaming LeBron. LeBron Magic is blaming LeBron for Westbrook, and Westbrook is the reason that the Lakers don't have other guys, to Magic's point, like DeRozan or Buddy Heald. But they wouldn't have been able to get those guys, is my point. Hence why you need to understand the salary cap, because if you trade, you have you had to sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan. 
which means you are hard capped at $140 million, and that means that DeMar DeRozan, by the way, who makes $85 million over three years, that's not even to factor in the fact that, or, or not the fact, but the understanding that I have that the Lakers weren't willing to give DeMar DeRozan a third year, hence why when the Bulls gave him a third year, that that in itself torpedoed the deal. But just let's do the math this way. LeBron makes like $45 million, let's call it, okay? Like, if you, if you look at the Lakers' salary cap, okay? The Lakers' salary cap. I'm going to look up the exact numbers real quick, okay? okay. While you're I, doing I want to be as accurate as possible. I, no, okay. it takes two seconds. I already okay. got it. Okay, go ahead. So, in the Lakers' salary cap, LeBron mm-hmm. James, mm-hmm. okay, makes $41.1 million. DeMar DeRozan makes 28.3. So, hold on, 41.1. Right. And about $69 million. A- Anthony Davis then makes 35.3, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're up at about 120-ish. $104.7 million. Oh. They gave Kendrick Nunn $5 million because that's money. the mid- mid-level exemption. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not so great. Uh, so that's 109.7. Let's call it 110, okay? So you now have 110. You have $30 million left to put the rest of your team together. And, oh, wait, 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 I forgot. They gave Tenlin Horn Tucker before this a deal. He makes $9.5 million. So it's 119.2. So now, actually, what you have is $21 million left to put together the rest of your team, which would have would be one, two, three, four. You'd only have five players, and you have $20 million basically to put the rest of your team together. So what I'm saying to Magic Johnson is this notion they could have gotten Buddy Heald is, is, is nonsense. Like, that's not possible. The notion that they could have kept Caruso is ridiculous. That's not happening either. I'm going to take up for Magic Johnson here and say this. Um, whether or not it's real or not real, whether it could have happened, couldn't have happened, whether I understand the salary cap or I don't understand the salary cap, none of it matters to me. What matters to me is, I'm Magic Johnson in this equation, by the way, is I, as the ambassador and still the face of Lakers basketball, I blame LeBron James for bringing Russell Westbrook to this team because if he didn't bring Russell Westbrook to this team, then this team might have had more flexibility and more options. So that's to me. that, to me, is the story today. I understand what you're saying. And your point right. is, is completely fair. But that's all based in fantasy land, is it's what I'm ba- telling you. Well, it's based in magic land, is what it's based in. Okay, and that's fair, but what I'm telling you is that's not accurate. Maybe not. Maybe not. But accuracy, I just told you, you have $20 million to fill out five, 10 more roster spots. See, George, me and Magic, see, we're not so concerned about accuracy. We're more concerned <laughs> about sensationalism. Do you understand I, what listen, I'm saying I to you? love... I love Magic Johnson. I do. Not, I love no, you him. He you is, don't love him. I, I do love him. No, not the what way I'm I love him. What I'm telling you is that, you know, if, if Magic wants to be the GM again and, and have this and litigate this, then hire me as your salary cap guy. Okay? Well, he's going to need then, somebody because clearly he yeah. don't get the salary cap. <laughs> it's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny part of it is, is I know the way you are and I know the way I am. The way you are is you're going to listen to what he said. You're going to analyze it. And then you're going to tear it apart, meaning, is he right? Is he wrong? If he's right, then this. If he's wrong, then that. And in this case, you think he's wrong. And the reason you think he's wrong is because of X, Y, and Z related to the salary cap. Because me? No, I'm, I'm, he's wrong because of reality is what I'm saying. Okay, see, okay, see, see, for me, I don't care about it. I don't care about reality. I care about fantasy and opinion and sensationalism. And what Magic Johnson did today 
to go on all these ESPN shows with the idea of, I'm here to promote my Apple TV series that's coming out, but while I'm here, let me say something that's going to really create some, some, some stir today. I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to create some buzz. And we're not only talking about my TV show, we're talking about my team, what's gone wrong, and who do I blame, and who's going to get fired. I mean, that's the story, that he went there to stir it up, and he did it. Accuracy well, aside. My- Okay, he did. He definitely did that. There's no question. We'll agree there. And by the way, uh, at Lake Show Boss uh, tweets us that DDR, DeMar DeRozan, minimum sign and trade is for three years. Someone lying about the two-year deal LA offered. No, no, no. I never said they offered a two-year deal. I said the Lakers weren't willing to go to a third year. Allegedly. Okay? Not, not that there was an offer. Allegedly, they weren't willing to go for a third year. Which, to your point would not been able to work because the minimum sign-in trade is three years. So I just want to clarify that. Well, uh, you're listening again, to KSB. Hold on. Can I, can I do the idea real yeah, quick? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we got to do that. Legally. All right, go ahead. So, uh, you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles, KRDC Pasadena, Los Angeles. Nice job. Okay. Well said. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, I applaud Magic Johnson for what he did today. Well, he gave us content. I don't think there's any question about that. Like, I yeah. mean, I love him for that. I mean, I love him in general, but I love him for that for sure. I mean, to go on national television when they've been hyping it up for like two weeks, Magic's going to be here, Magic's coming in, Magic's going to be here. Okay, great. Right, And he's got his uh, documentary on Apple+. Plus. Right, and for him to show up and everything is we the Lakers, they called me, I passed it on to the Lakers front office because I'm tight like that with the Lakers. DeMar DeRozan's agent calls me. I'm like, Aaron Goodwin. Yeah. Yeah. why are you calling me? Oh, because we're tight. Okay, great. I'll call Rob. I'll call Jeannie. I'll call whoever I got to call. Yo, DeMar DeRozan wants to come home. Let's do this deal. Everybody seems to think, great idea, let's do it. And then LeBron starts, like I said, flirting with Russell Westbrook. Deal gets blown up. That is Magic Johnson's interpretation of the situation. And Magic Johnson then goes on to say, hey, look, if we don't have Russell Westbrook because you know, because LeBron brought Russell Westbrook here. If we had DeRozan and we had Buddy Heald, here's where we'd be in the Western Conference Finals right. this year. Right, which, none like, that's probably, okay. First of all, I don't think they'd be in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, second of all, I would also say that, that, again, not possible, but okay. I don't know. You're talking to the magic man, George. <laughs> Just so the, the magic man, he knows basketball. He does. He knows, Actual basketball. He knows yes. the NBA. He knows this league. Yeah. He knows that, that if it wasn't for LeBron recruiting Wait, he Russ, didn't say that. He didn't say that either. You're, again, putting – now you're putting words in his mouth, and I would imagine the Magic Man doesn't appreciate that. I am – hey, Magic, I know you're listening today. Here's what I want to no, tell he's you. he's not. He's still in New York probably. He's probably listening on the app right now. Just the same way Governor Newsom does, the same way Al Michaels does and others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll say this to Magic. Um I don't mean to be putting words in your mouth. I'm just telling you what I heard. Now, it's my interpretation of what Magic said today. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, I don't need accuracy. No, you actually prefer not (laughs) having accuracy. Yeah, I don't want accuracy. Yeah. Accuracy accuracy is for people who know what they're talking about. Okay? I don't need that. Yes. This is why you didn't like what Magic said, and I loved what he said. No, I did not like what Magic said. I said I love it because it's great content. Yeah, but uh, it's speaking inaccurate. of great, speaking of it's just inaccurate. I just I'm here to clean it up. Basically, is what I'm telling you. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, 
of content. You can yeah. create your own content in the Sedano and Cap community. So Twitter has communities now. If you go on your phone and right next to your mentions tab, there's a, a little tab with like two little people on it. It looks like little bodies. Uh, and it, that's your communities tab. Go into the search part of the communities section and type in Sedano and Cap, and you can be part of the Sedano and Cap circle of trust. And we've got 100 members in there already. So that's basically we're creating an exclusive club that will be inclusive. The more people that are a part of it, the more people that will be part of our exclusive club that will be inclusive. It's both at the same time. Now, here's the thing. You've got to join, and then we've got to accept you. But we're basically accepting everyone but Bergman at this point and maybe Mason. Yeah, uh, Bergman definitely wants in, and there's already a lot of opinion in the community about whether or not he should or should not be in. Yeah, we'll Bergman to... wants to be in. He has yeah. texted us. Yeah. yeah, he wants in in a big way. But do you want a corporate person in there, in the community? Yeah, I mean, can't we, like, put up something in the community description, like opinions here are not necessarily reflective of those of ESPN 710? Yeah, I don't know if we can Disney. do that. Yeah. We can't do nope. that? No. Nope, 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 nope. Mm. The, the three rules right now are be kind and respectful, keep tweets on topic, explore and share. There can okay. be more rules. We can add more rules. Wait, I can't help but find the keep tweets on topic funny because how often do we keep the show on topic? Right? <laughs> Never. It's just, there's irony there, yes. <laughs> Always. Every single segment. Well, I happen to think this community is a fantastic idea. And here's one other little side note to all of right. this. So, from- again, if you, if you want to be part of the community, it's very yeah. simple. Go to your Twitter. Uh, open it up. Next to your mentions, there's going to be two little people there, like a little tab. And that's the community's tab. Click on that. Go find the hourglass in the search inside the community section. Type in Sedano and Cap, and you'll see the Sedano and Cap circle of trust. And then... Click to join, and then someone will approve you. Uh, we are all moderators. Me, Cap, Lindsay, Laura, and Christopher. Well, so. if I'm a moderator, anything goes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, other than like, other than hate speech, everything goes. Well, that that then that does not mean by definition that anything goes. Rare. So therefore, I don't want to be a moderator. Uh, do you want me to take the moderation off of you? Yeah, just go ahead. You moderate. No, I mean, Lindsay and Laura are going to help, too, and Chris, but yeah. I mean, okay. if you don't want to, that's fine. But then that means we can kick you out. Well, I don't want to be kicked out. I want to stay in. Because here's the other thing. Here's one thing that I think, that if you are in the Sedano and Cap community on Twitter, when you choose to call the show, I believe you should then identify yourself not as, like, Steve in Beverly Hills or Jason in Downey. You should identify yourself as at whatever your handle is. Here's why. Because people will, A, want to get into the community, and then, B, they're going to want to follow you. So together, we're going to grow your following while yes. we're growing all of our following. And that means our community is going to be worldwide in a matter of just a couple of weeks. Yeah, and in the community right now, Chris posted a screenshot of Greg Bergman uh, wanting to be approved and joining the uh, Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust community on Twitter. And uh, he just he wrote, how long will Corporate Greg's request wait? Ooh. Okay, so let me ask you something in this community. When you go to retweet something, you actually just can't retweet it. You have to say something when retweeting. So if you go to click on yeah, the retweet. Yeah, it's a quote tweet. Yes, yeah. there is no retweet. It's just right. a quote tweet. You have to say something. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So you have it. All right. All right. All right. Very smart move by you, George Sedano. Well, I figure we're trying to build a community. What better way to do it than build an actual community? 
the notion of building a community is actually better when you actually go out and build a community? Yeah. That's a good idea. Agreed. Good thought. So, so anywho, real quick before we move on, because I know we're going we're gonna to break here in like three minutes or so. Um, the Rams got Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Oh, how much longer, Laura? Oh, we got 10 minutes? Oh, we got plenty of time. Oh, great. oh okay. All right, cool. So we're going to 60. Oh, wow. We're doing a really low. We're doing like 30 minutes almost. But this is the um, way it should be, George. Yeah, I agree. I thought we had to go quicker. Also, we got plenty of time. All right, yeah. so let's let's kind of uh, let's take a breath here for a second. All right, take a deep um, breath. There you go. So I want to get back to the Lakers in a second before we wrap up. But mm-hmm. I, the Bobby Wagner stuff uh, is uh, official as far as the contract stuff has been revealed. And Bobby Wagner, obviously um, very complimentary of the Rams, of course, because they paid him big bucks. But it feels like, man, the Rams have built, speaking of building a community, the Rams have built a community within the football world of if you're a player and you're a high-profile guy and you want to win, come to us, right? Come to us. Come to us right now and you're going to win, right? It's kind of like when uh, when Death Row was around, right? Come to Death Row where the producers aren't all up in the video. You know? Do you know that or no? You probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Nonetheless, Laura and Lindsay know what I'm talking about. But I've, and the I've audience. seen the movies, just so you know. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course I know what you're talking about. Death Row is the label that pays me. Oh, oh look yeah. at you. Oh, hells to the year. Don't ever do that again, please. What What? what was the problem? <laughs> that was bad, Cap. That was real bad. Yes, the 1995 Source Awards is what I was referring to when Suge Knight said, right, the producer, not all of them in the videos come to death row. Right. So, uh, anyway, yeah, the Rams feel like that, where it's like, hey, man, you're not feeling the love from your team? You've been a star player? You still got plenty of juice left in the tank? Come over here. We'll also, maybe you're someone like Von Miller, right, who – Hasn't had a, a good run in Denver because the team has stunk. You've been great. Maybe you've had a little injury issues, but you still have plenty of juice left. Come over here. We'll get you on a winning team. We'll win some games. We'll win a Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, you can go get paid somewhere else. And we'll find the next guy to kind of run through the pipeline. And I love every second of it. Yeah, and I look around the rest of the league, and I see how teams are maneuvering around the draft in particular. And I wonder how many teams around the NFL who've always thought that really the way you build a team is quite simple. You draft uh, really well. You keep players in your system. You win while they're young. And then you reward them. uh, And you keep them around for a long period of time. Like I really think that the rest of the league is looking at the Rams and they're going, do we really need draft choices? Do we really need first-round picks? Is there a way to sign a veteran player who's a big money guy, but we're we're thinking we can't manipulate the cap, but the Rams have shown us that the cap is it's not even real. Or I mean, so it seems, or there's a way to manipulate it or, or of course work around is. it. So yeah. you just have to have smart cap people, but yeah. Right, but but Bobby Wagner, this was an interesting conversation, George, while you were out last week, because while he plays a slightly different position, like outside linebacker, pass rusher from Vaughn Miller versus like real right, middle linebacker. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now when you think about at every level how the Rams have a star on their defensive front and maybe the best player in the league in Aaron Donald, what they've got now in the middle at the second level with Bobby Wagner and what they've got in their secondary with Jalen Ramsey, I mean, they literally have a star at all three levels. And yeah. even though Vaughn Miller leaves and he was a great contributor to this Super Bowl run, you're going to lose the the pass rusher, 
but you're going to gain the run stopper and the leader and the quarterback. I think this Bobby Wagner pickup, which, by the way, was probably the worst-kept secret in the NFL because the day that the the Seahawks cut him, everybody's like, well, he's going to go to the Rams because he's coming home to Southern California. But it's a great pickup for the Rams, or so it seems on paper. Oh, it's absolutely a great pickup. I don't think there's any question. I mean, he's got plenty left in the tank. Um, And, you know, he's going to be here for a long time. That's a long-term deal, five years. Now, granted, it could be less because we know it's football, to your point. But it's a a real commitment. It's not – trading for Von Miller and waiting to see what happens in free agency when he's going to become a free agent. This is a legit signing. Yeah, and and when a guy like Bobby Wagner walks into a locker room and everybody on that team who's already won a Super Bowl is like, okay, have we gotten better? Well, here's a guy who's a Super Bowl champion, who's a multi-time All-Pro, who's a pro bowler, um, and who's just been a great professional throughout his career. I mean, people look at that guy and they go, wow, we just got better. We're the Super Bowl champs, and we just got better. That's what the yeah. Rams did. It's insane what they're doing. I don't think it, it, it's crazy when you think about how good they are at what they do. And it's why I think that it's the absolute recipe they have to have here in this town. Because if they're, if they're ever going to scratch the surface on having a larger fan base, they got to keep winning and winning in a huge, huge way. We're literally watching it as we watch Winning Time, where the Lakers were this franchise – of Jerry West, where they had, you know, they had the, the, I mean, they had the Minnesota titles, but they had the one championship here, and it was like their whole thing was they kept, they were like the, um, the, uh, the bridesmaid so many times, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it, the Rams are have realized without having to watch Winning Time, but I think Winning Time is a good kind of precursor to how you win in Los Angeles. Not only do you have to win and actually win those championships, but doing it with style and in a unique way and kind of zigging while everyone's zagging, that's the way to do it as well. You know, you just mentioned winning time last night in episode five, and one of my favorite scenes from last night, and listen, I'm not going to spoil it, but but again, you know, it's, it's only a once-a-week deal where they release them, so I'm just going to give you a heads up. It's not a spoiler alert because everybody knows the story, but here it goes. I love that Jerry Buss, ha- again, is being portrayed in this way that he wants things to be sexy, he doesn't want things to be boring and stale. So when he's looking at the Laker girls, they're like Rockettes. It's kind of boring, and it's just, it's just not sexy and fun. And then the storyline goes, there's one girl in the group that's really just jamming, and she's just her body, the way it moves, it's sexy. And so Jeannie winds up going to visit this girl out at her high school cheerleading place, wherever she's like coaching this cheerleading team, and they offer her the job, and they put it up on the screen. Who was that? Did you guys see it last night? I know George Paul did. Abdul, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Paul Abdul. And it's just another one of the little pieces of the story of how Jerry Buss wanted the Lakers to be sexy, not stale. And what a visionary he was way back then to to kind of to, to go for it like that. I'm, I'm loving this show, Winning Time. I don't care how much of it's accurate. I don't know if it's 60% or 80%. I don't know, and I don't care. I'm very entertained by the show. But then again, I told you earlier, I'm not really that into accuracy and details. I'm into sensationalism and, uh, you know, accuracy, not that important to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you. Yeah. It's okay. But I do love what the Rams are doing. Mm-hmm. I do. It is exciting. It's so much fun. 
It, I honestly, I think the NFL. This has been one of the best NFL off seasons I have ever seen. Oh my God, it's been one of the craziest NFL off seasons like ever. The way quarterbacks have moved, and by the way, there's there's a whole other storyline out there. The Deshaun Watson storyline has turned into what's going to happen next with Baker Mayfield, which may not necessarily mean a whole lot to Rams fans or Charger fans or Raider fans, but it's just another one of these interesting storylines. I love it. It is. It is absolutely that. Um, so we have a, a situation. We do. Greg tweeted out, he quote tweeted Chris's tweet from the community. And Chris brought up a great question. I said, well, you know, he said, can someone see the tweets if you're not in the community? Or did someone send him a screenshot? And I said, well, in theory, it should be only if you tag someone that's not in the community. And Chris did not tag him. So how did, I'm curious to see how Greg was able to see Christopher's tweet if he didn't tag him. Okay, this is something we're going to have to probably run by Elon Musk later. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, you sense. know, now that he's yeah. now that he's the guy, you know, now that Jack is out and Elon is in, we may have to run this by Elon Musk over at Twitter later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. We should find out. Chris, why don't you just text Greg and find out how he did it? Probably easier. Hmm. You know, than us having to play super sleuth here. So. Speaking of playing Super Sleuth, let me ask you a question. You ready? Yeah, go we've, ahead. We've, we've talked oh, about Oh, we only magic. have 30 seconds, bro. Okay, I'll, I'll pose the question to you and then answer it on the other side because we do we have a little bit more time. Not right, the Laura? other no, side. We're, going, we're, we're leaving. We oh, we're out of here? Oh, yeah. Then, then I'll just pose it to you for tomorrow. What did everybody think of ADs, and I'm going to put this in quotes, excuse-making last night, the post-game press conference? How much different we would be without all these injuries? Mm. Uh, there's a lot of criticism. You know what, Kaplan? I'll tell you about that tomorrow. All How right. about that? You got it, All right. pal. So that's a, a uh, you know, 22-hour tease. See you later.